Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time. Your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. School of Humans. The Gibson guitar plant in Nashville is not much to look at. It's a one-story brick building, seven miles east of downtown, wedged between a bend in the road and a few parking lots. But this, this is where music history is literally made. B.B. King, Joan Jett, Eric Clapton, Keith Richards, Sister Rosetta Tharp, Eddie Van Halen, and Muddy Waters, even Sheryl Crow. Gibson is the guitar choice of legends. That magic is what attracted Bill Givens to take a job there. Imagine growing up being a kid who played guitar all your life, and now you get to work at the candy store where all the goodies are made. It was a dream job, at least at first. Givens admits the work wore him down. The demands were high, the hours long. And then on November 17, 2009. I was on a lunch break, one of my Gibson friends from the plant texted me and said, dude, we're being raided. Dozens of armed officers, federal marshals, and special agents with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service storm the floor. They tell everybody to stop working and begin rummaging through the shop. Agents tear through containers, boxes, and pallets. They rifle through papers and filing cabinets. And then... They crack open four green tubs holding planks of wood, deep black in color. Bingo. My friend had texted me back, apparently it's about illegal wood. The wood in question is called Diospyros pereri. But most people know it as ebony. It's from Madagascar. It's dense, rare, and perfect for making high-end guitars. Givens and the team are confused. Ebony is precious, sure, but it's also been used on guitars for decades. Like, what's the deal? They're like, ah, you know, it's probably nothing, you know, might have been a mistake or whatever. The government confiscates all the wood. And eventually, Givens would go back to work and forget all about it. Until two years later, 
August 2011, and it happens again. It was one of those days where we knew it was going to be a long night. I think we were all exhausted, and they came in. We heard, we're being raided. We're being raided, everyone to the back. And they all gathered us all into, like, the lumber yard area. Thirty federal officers entered the guitar factory, many of them armed. Apparently there were AR-15s. It was never, like, a threatening or, uh, or scary environment at all. It was just like, okay, well, let's let them in. The feds turned the place upside down. All in all, they seize an estimated half a million dollars worth of Dalbergia Sisu, a rosewood from India. And it was just like, oh God, here we go again. I'm Summer Rain Oaks. From School of Humans and iHeart Podcasts, this is Bad Seeds. Okay, do you want to say something, Dad? Hello? Yeah, okay, that's working. Perfect. All right, so you brought over your black Les Paul. This has been yours for how long? When did you get this? I bought this in 1973. And why did you buy it? What was the allure? The allure was a friend of mine was in a band, and he had a black Les Paul custom. I said, if you ever want to sell it, let me know. So he said, yeah, I'll sell it to you. I've played it in garage bands when I was up and coming. And I mean, it is black. It's black as night. I mean, is this like a, like, is this ebony? Or like, what kind of, is it a hardwood? Like, it's got an ebony fretboard. Gibson guitars are frankly part of my family, especially their Les Paul models, which is considered one of the finest guitars ever made. I remember seeing it around the house, hearing my dad play it a bit, but I never really thought much about the black wood it was made out of or where it came from. At Gibson, Gene Nix had to think about those questions. In June of 2008, he boarded a flight for Madagascar, and for the next two and a half weeks, he and two other major guitar makers explored the country as part of a fact-finding mission, learning if it was still possible to legally harvest Diospyros parari, Madagascar ebony. After the trip, Nix discussed the challenges in an email with his colleagues. The true ebony species preferred by Gibson Musical Instruments is found only in Madagascar. This is a slow-growing tree species with very little conservation protection, and supplies are considered to be highly threatened in its native environment due to over-exploitation. High-end musical instrument manufacturers, you should know, are picky about their wood, and for good reason. Every tree has a different density that affects the quality of an instrument's sound and certain woods are better than others. Alan Schwartz is a good friend of mine, and he's supplied wood for instruments, and it's a tough job. I have for a while supplied African blackwood, which has been used to make woodwind instruments because it's extreme stability, and the fact that, I don't know if you've ever played a woodwind instrument, I mean, they get really disgusting and gooey and messy and full of spit and mucus and God knows what else when you play it. It has to be a material that does not change with moisture, because otherwise the notes will change. Each instrument is different. High-end clarinets sound best made from woods like grenadilla from Eritrea. Ukuleles from the flowering koa tree of Hawaii. And piano soundboards, spruce. 
And the more high-end an instrument, the pickier a manufacturer is. Take pianos. American-made Steinways only use Sitka spruce from British Columbia. The Austrian brand Busendorfer only uses Austrian spruce grown at a very specific elevation. And Pezzioli in Italy only uses spruce from the Fiemme Valley of northern Italy, the same forest that produced the world-famous Stradivarius violins. Problem is, what's good for the instrument isn't always good for the tree like the African blackwood Alan once supplied. African blackwood, which grows in all of dry Africa and even up the Rift Valley as far north as Armenia as a plant, was used in biblical times for woodwind instruments. But it has become successively rarer as one's gone along. A lot of musical woods are becoming exceedingly rare, and it's putting manufacturers in a bind. In the violin world, the best bows are made from Brazilian Pernambuco, a.k.a. Pau Brasilia Econata. But today, the tree is endangered. Guitar makers face the same problem making fingerboards. Diospyros Pararai, or Madagascar Ebony, is one of the woods of choice. It's dense and handsome, deep black in color. But it's slow to grow and difficult to replace. And now it's illegal to harvest unless an act of God, such as a storm, causes the tree to fall. In fact, according to CITES, the international treaty guiding the trade of plants and animals, quote, nearly all of the large Diospyros pararai trees have disappeared from western Madagascar. When you watch the movies of Madagascar, you really have this expectation of a tremendously fecund place. And when you get there, It is definitely not that. It really just doesn't have any of that biodiversity left. In 2008, Gibson execs landed in Madagascar in hopes of finding some of that lost biodiversity. When they returned, they came home with news of a miracle. A local ebony supplier had all the right paperwork. All of the boxes were checked with notarizations and signatures from all the proper government officials. When Gibson began exporting the ebony to the U.S., custom officials in Africa and Europe gave shipments a thumbs up. But when it got to the Gibson warehouse? Well, you know the rest of the story. The feds pounced. And Gibson CEO Henry Juskowitz was livid. At first, I thought it was a joke because we make guitars and I'm not aware of any threatening issues with the guitar business. Bill Givens remembers the company blasting the government for overreach. They got their media team together because I think they knew they were going to be under the radar. And they put together this short film talking about the government coming after them. In a letter to the court, the company's lawyers argued that the wood was perfectly legal. And they had the paperwork to prove it. This is not a case of inaction by the Madagascar government. Nor is it a case where Ebony Wood was cut and shipped under cover of darkness without the knowledge of Madagascar officials. With this statement, the Gibson legal team was alluding to a very real problem in the United States. In the Gifford Pinchot National Forest in Washington State, a ring of wood thieves stole about $800,000 worth of protected timber. And they were trafficking it to musical instrument manufacturers, including PRS Guitars, an American company that makes guitars for musicians like Carlos Santana. Gibson's lawyers were adamant, hey, we're not doing that. 
They were sourcing wood from a German supplier with a century's worth of experience. The wood was certified by NGOs like the Rainforest Alliance and the Forest Stewardship Council. But was this seizure really a miscarriage of justice? Or did the government know something we don't? Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. The raid at Gibson happened because of a 122-year-old law, one that originally had nothing to do with guitars, or wood, or for that matter, plants at all. The law was originally about feathers. It's the late 19th century, and if you're a Manhattan socialite looking to turn heads, then you've got to wear a hat bedazzled in flowers, jewels, and ribbons. But if you really want to impress you got to have bird feathers. Feather hats are all the rage. At some department stores, they sell for more than $3,000 in today's money. In fact, the feather fashion industry employs some 80,000 people. Folks living in wetlands from Massachusetts to Florida are happy to meet the demand, too. With bird feathers selling for more than $15 an ounce, they slaughter approximately 5 million birds a year. But not everybody is happy about this. By the late 1800s, 
Americans have watched beavers and bison nearly disappear. Now birds are next? The newly founded Audubon Society begins pleading with the government. Do something. Audubon finds a sympathetic ear in Congressman John F. Lacey. A conservationist, Lacey authors a bill making it a federal crime to transport wildlife from one state to another. The new Lacey Act has an immediate impact. It becomes illegal to kill birds in Florida and sell the feathers in New York. It effectively kills the trend and saves many birds from extinction. Over the century, the Lacey Act would balloon. By 2008, it would expand to protect plants and trees. And its enforcement powers are wide. Because if you, or your supplier, commit a wildlife crime outside the country, the U.S. still has the authority to enforce the law. When feds raided Gibson, they pointed to the Lacey Act. Somewhere along the supply chain, they claimed there was wrongdoing. Gibson's CEO did not like that explanation. We have affidavits from government officials in Madagascar that say that it's perfectly legal to do what we did. The issue became a cause celeb among the political right, even making its way into the halls of Congress. Last month, agents raided the Gibson Guitar Factory in Tennessee. Why? Because Gibson bought wood overseas to make guitars in America. There's no grizzly bears in downtown Nashville or in Gibson Guitar that we need to be concerned with. But inside Gibson, people like Givens were starting to wonder. I figured maybe there was nothing to see here. I don't know what's, this is the second raid I'm aware of at this point. I'm thinking something's going on. None of this makes sense. Neither did the paper trail. Court filings show that Gibson ordered the wood through a company in Hamburg, Germany. The Germans had purchased the ebony from an exporter in Madagascar, a guy named Roger Tunam. The wood was sawn at Tunam's mill, placed on a vessel from Port Vuima, and stowed on a ship called the Liverpool Express, which traveled from Hamburg to New York to Charleston, South Carolina. In court documents, Gibson's lawyers argued the paperwork proved there was no violation of the Lacey Act. Neither the import from Madagascar into Germany nor the subsequent export from Germany to the USA were objected by the German or European community authorities. Lawyers for the wood supplier in Germany were even more forceful. My client protests with all emphasis against the allegations that he is a member or supporter of a worldwide lumber mafia that unlawfully exploits tropical rainforests. But all the paperwork in the world and all these claims of innocence didn't wipe away the fact that something was fishy. Because Roger Tuna, the man running the mill in Madagascar, was not who he was made out to be. And it would take a retired Marine working undercover to unmask him. My name is Alexander von Bismarck, and I'm the executive director of the Environmental Investigation Agency. The problem is that when you buy the furniture or something, it's really hard to know what criminality is at the beginning and who knew in the middle, right, of the chain. The, the person selling to you can say, I, I had no idea. Everybody told me this was fine. But von Bismarck's a smart guy. He's a Harvard grad and an expert on wildlife poaching. He's heard these excuses before. And for that reason, particularly, we tend to go undercover. In 2009, 
Alexander von Bismarck assumes a new identity. He sets up a fake timber company with a phony website and fake business cards. He flies south to Madagascar and weasels his way into the country's timber mafia, claiming he's a businessman on the hunt for illegal rosewood. When you're having open business-to-business conversations, the truth reveals itself pretty quickly. Von Bismarck comes to the timber barons armed with questions. How do you do this? How much does the wood cost? How many bribes do you have to pay? Who do you have to pay? How do you get it out, even though there's a zero export quota? In fact, those conversations lead him right into the office of Roger Tuna. The timber baron has no clue that his guest is carrying hidden cameras and a GPS. Tunam shows him around the lumberyard, and discussions quickly turn to how Tunam sources his trees. They're not being felled by acts of God. They're being deliberately and illegally chopped down. From a national park. For von Bismarck, this confession isn't enough. He asks to see the product for himself. Tunam agrees, and a logger leads von Bismarck deep into the nationally protected forest. He sees the stumps with his own eyes. He tags locations with the GPS. His guides even show him the towering trees that are, quite literally, on the chopping block. When they take von Bismarck down to a nearby river, he floats past 200 boats hauling the trunks of illegally logged trees. And then he visits Tunam's mill. There are saw blades screaming, with stacks of ebony piled 400 yards deep. At one point, he asks his guides about a stack of dark planks. They speak nonchalantly. Oh, that wood? It's being cut for guitars. I can't say it's the same as going undercover, but I remember having a similar experience. I was lucky enough to visit Madagascar 10 years ago. And I remember we were walking this large field with our guide, and I kept seeing these ferns growing. And I thought, this is weird. Ferns don't grow in fields. Ferns grow in and around forests. And when I spotted this chameleon, this poor chameleon, and I thought again, you'd expect it to be living in a bunch of trees. And then we started seeing the stumps, and I realized this is the forest. Or it was. It's gutting. And not only does it hurt the forest, it hurts the people who live around it. My friend Alan, the guy who sourced wood for instruments, he was there with me. And he recalls seeing people carving a plain white wood and then treating it with something. What they were doing is taking a mix of red and black shoe polish to kind of give it a pattern. With the most beautiful woods destroyed, people were covering plain woods with shoe polish to pass them off as ebony. Alan, who does most of his work in Mozambique, has seen the effects of this indiscriminate cutting firsthand. The number of timber exporters has diminished dramatically. The government claims that it has clamped down and it has reduced the log exports. But it's not reduced because the government did anything, because they did nothing. It's reduced because there isn't anything left to sell. Madagascar has technically tried to avoid this same fate. It's passed laws to keep lumber collection sustainable. In 2000, the government made it illegal to export unfinished wood products from the country. 
This included the sawed-down wood Gibson was receiving. And in 2006, they banned the cutting and extraction of any type of rosewood or ebony. Then in 2009, they made a list of just 13 people who were licensed to export rosewood and ebony. Roger Tunam was not on that list. Gibson's ebony collection violated all of those laws, and it was, very likely, coming from a national protected park. Faced with this information, Gibson's lawyers appear to have moved the goalposts. If the wood had been illegal, or if Tunam did not have government authorization to export the wood, then one of the many Malagasy officials involved in the process would have prevented the shipments from leaving the country. If the wood was so illegal, then how did Tunam get these shipments rubber-stamped by the government? How did he sneak it past NGOs like the Rainforest Alliance? Alexander von Bismarck has an answer to that. The corruption was so high level that the paperwork could be really seem pristine enough to get through even neighboring countries that are supposed to not allow that trade. In fact, it was good enough to fool the Forest Stewardship Council, or FSC. If you don't know exactly where it's from, unfortunately, even a sticker like FSC is not a guarantee these days at all. That's because, at the time, FSC didn't verify or control the legitimacy of a wood harvest. It based its ratings on risk assessments. And apparently, the risks were higher than they had imagined. In a country where the majority of the nation lives on a dollar a day and the rule of law is weak, bribes go far. Here's what one Malagasy official told the Environmental Investigation Agency. Rumors about the corruption of our agents circulate. Their involvement would consist of closing their eyes when they surprise laggers in the park in exchange for a certain amount. In fact, not long before von Bismarck had made his undercover visit, the district head of environment and forests, the person with the power to issue and collect permits, was arrested. And Roger Tunam, well, it was an open secret that he was a timber baron. In the words of one local official, Tunam is not a businessman. He's a trafficker. The question is, did Gibson know this? And if they did, when did they know it? Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, 
assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Here are the facts. The man supplying Gibson with the goods was a known documented poacher. The wood was extracted illegally. It was exported illegally with phony paperwork. And since Gibson was in possession of illegal timber, the Lacey Act gave the federal government a right to seize it. But Gibson's management still cried foul. After all, it wasn't their fault. They were just trusting their supplier in Germany. They were trusting the certifications from prominent NGOs. This sounds fair at first blush, but Alan doesn't have much sympathy. You look at the guys who relied on a certifier to say that their wood was fine, a third party, and they bought timber from Madagascar, and they got into terrible trouble because even though it was certified, when somebody actually looked at it closely, it may have had a certificate, but it was actually illegal. And that was Gibson. They got into terrible trouble. And they deserve to get into trouble because they bought stuff which they didn't actually check properly and they relied on some bloody tick box to tell them that it was okay. In court documents, Fed suggests that Gibson could file a civil lawsuit. If they had unknowingly bought corrupted wood, then that made them victims of fraud. But Gibson never sued. The reason why is anybody's guess. But according to court documents, Gibson's top brass allegedly knew about Roger Tunam. Because remember Gene Nix, the Gibson employee who visited Madagascar in 2008 in search of a solid legal source of ebony? He had visited Tunam's lumberyard. In an email, he wrote that Tunam's supply was under seizure from the Madagascar government. It's under temporary seizure and cannot be moved. Substantial stored quantities of cut items for export, including blanks for various instruments, mostly ebony. In another email, Nix openly told his colleagues that at the time, exporting wood was banned. All legal timber and wood exports are prohibited because of widespread corruption and theft of valuable woods like rosewood and ebony. In other words, Gibson's own man on the ground notified leadership of the risks. The following year, an email received by 11 top people at the company contained an attachment showing that only one person 
had any legal right to export Madagascar ebony. That person was not Roger Tunam. In fact, a government affidavit shows that, quote, all the legal ebony stock inventories which had been approved by the Madagascar government had been exported prior to April 2009. Yet the guitar maker continued ordering wood from Tunam through its middleman in Germany. As Nix put it in an email, Mr. Tunam should now be able to supply our middleman with all the rosewood and ebony for the gray market. The gray market. A shady market that put the survival of this gorgeous ebony at risk. But when those raids happened at the Gibson plant in Nashville, Bill Givens says that didn't seem to be a concern. Nobody cared about the environmental impacts from my perspective and what I saw. It was about keeping the machine going. <laughs> and those, those motivations varied depending on who you talk to. Gibson would ultimately settle with the government. It agreed to pay a $300,000 fine plus a $50,000 donation to the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation. Gibson's CEO insisted the settlement was not an admission of guilt. And while the facts of the Gibson raid were a bad look for the guitar manufacturer, it was worse for the Forest Stewardship Council and the Rainforest Alliance, which had mistakenly certified illegal wood. These certifications are relied upon by corporations across the globe. Later, investigations by the Tennessean newspaper would reveal that starting in 2006, the Rainforest Alliance had accepted yearly cash gifts from Gibson ranging from $315,000 to $390,000, making the guitar manufacturer one of the Alliance's biggest donors. The Alliance has denied the donations had any influence, but the investigation revealed other holes. Namely, the Gibson's chairman and CEO, Henry Jeskowitz, was serving on the Rainforest Alliance Board of Directors at the time the ebony was being certified. All of these connections might convince you to grab a tinfoil hat to find a conspiracy in the works. Now, we reached out to Gibson to hear if they had any response. In an email, they insisted, quote, this was well over a decade ago. Gibson is an entirely new company. And that's true. The company's leadership is now very different. And frankly, we're not trying to stick Gibson's nose in it. Rather, it's a bit of a parable of a much larger problem, that verifying the sustainability of wood is really, really challenging. But it's not impossible. I know, because Alan has a story. So Taylor Guitars use ebony for their fingerboards. And they had previously been buying from Central Africa, Congo, whatever, through dealers. And Bob Taylor, he was buying stuff and he said, you know, I don't really understand all of this because in reading the documentation that he got from the certified timber, he said, you know, I remember hearing a story about the bullshit that was going on in Congo. So he called me and he said, what's the story? And I said, look, it's a bloody disaster. These guys have got a certification, but they've actually liquidated the forest. And it's all legal, but it's certainly not moral. And he said, well, what do we do? And I said, well, you know, let's look for somebody who's also got ebony and see if they are doing it sustainably. And he couldn't find anybody. He wrote an incredibly fat check 
to the guys in the bush to say, this is what you need in order to make this sustainable. He then wrote another fat check to the forestry department of the university and said, you've got to work out how to do this and make sure that I'm having proper sustainable ebony for my guitars. And you know, there's a different level of responsibility. They actually are doing the job to see to it directly that it is sustainable. In other words, the best way to know the source of your wood is to actually go to the source. And this kind of sustainability, it isn't just a buzzword or a box to check. Honestly, it's just a good business. And more important, they're going to outlive all the other guitar makers because they're going to have the materials. Coming up. Five years ago, you see Makula everywhere in East Province. Now, there is nothing. The corruption was so high level that the paperwork could be really seem pristine enough to get through even neighboring countries that are supposed to not allow that trade. I'm Summer Rain Oaks. Join us again next time for Bad Seeds. Bad Seeds is a production of School of Humans and iHeart Podcasts. I'm your host, Summer Rain Oaks. Lucas Riley is our writer. Gabby Watts is our producer. And Amelia Brock is our senior producer. Fact-checking is by Savannah Hugley and Zoe Farrow. Original music is by Claire Campbell. Sound design and score is by Jesse Neiswanger. Our show art is by Pam Peacock. Development was by Brian Lavin and Jacob Selzer. Special thanks to our voice actors Andy Sanford, Joel Ruiz, Ben Etter, and Dikana Ricotto. Executive producers are Brian Lavin, Elsie Crowley, Brandon Barr, Virginia Prescott, and Jacob Selzer. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.